0: I'm Jen Cutter, and welcome to your one stop catch up for the biggest gaming stories from the past month, with a heads up on the major game releases for the month ahead. This show will help bring you up to speed with all the info you need to know about The Discourse. October started off with a bang, with a 125GB data dump stolen from Twitch. The leak contained the entire Twitch TV source code, with all the clients, proprietary SDKs, info on an unreleased Steam competitor from Amazon, Twitch's internal security tools, and the last three years of creator payouts. Twitch blamed the data breach on a misconfigured server accessed by a third party and said no login credentials or credit card data were exposed. Further, as a precaution, Twitch reset everyone's stream keys. Though this leak was labeled Part 1, no follow-up has been made public at this time. EA's FIFA 22 launched October 1st, immediately relaunching the discourse over FIFA Ultimate Team loot boxes. Eurogamer published a long interview with EA's Chief Experience Officer Chris Bruzo that's definitely worth a read if you want a deep dive on the topic. Bruzo maintains he's comfortable parents and others can use parental tools already at their disposal to limit in-game spending, but also states, I do think we need to work on real solutions for those players who find themselves in the extreme situation where they've lost control of their time where they're spending. While EA claims loot boxes do not constitute gambling, publicized financial documents mention how potentially changing laws may impact this business model in the future. EA states net revenues arising from extra content sales for ultimate team games, including NFL and NHL, but primarily FIFA, was approximately $1.5 billion in its 2020 fiscal year. Currently, only Belgium has outright banned loot boxes. In 2018, the Belgium Gaming Commission declared them in violation of gambling legislation, which makes FIFA Ultimate Team Packs only purchasable by in-game currency in the country, while the rest of the world also has the option to spend actual money. In more EA and FIFA news, FIFA reportedly wants more than double the previous asking price for the license rights, and EA is considering walking away. EA Sports Group General Manager Cam Weber states, As we look ahead, we're also exploring the idea of renaming our global EA Sports football games. This means we're reviewing our naming rights agreement with FIFA, which is separate from all our other official partnerships and licenses across the football world. Shortly thereafter, EA moved to trademark EA Sports FC in the UK and European Union. Whether EA is posturing or serious about letting go of the FIFA license remains to be seen, though a decision is expected before 2022. Steam has banned all games with NFTs or cryptocurrency, pulling blockchain games like Light Night and Age of Rust off the platform. Steam's own marketplace for game-generated trading cards and cosmetic game items continues to operate. Epic's Tim Sweeney, who earlier this year tweeted, we aren't touching NFTs as the whole field is currently tangled up with an intractable mix of scams, interesting decentralized tech foundations, and scams, posted a new tweet after the Steam News. The new tweet reads, Epic Games Store will welcome games that make use of blockchain tech, provided they follow the relevant laws, disclose their terms, and are age-rated by an appropriate group. Though Epic's not using crypto in our games, we welcome innovation in the areas of technology and finance. IDOS Montreal and IDOS Sherbrooke are switching to a four-day work week for their hundreds of employees. The schedule remains eight hours a day, meaning full-time employees will now work 32 hours a week. This news followed the announcement from Bugsnax's developer Young Horses announcing a permanent switch to a four-day work week after a trial run in July. Meanwhile, Epic announced the end of a policy allowing staff every other Friday off. A spokesperson for Epic Games told Kotaku the company would replace the alternating Fridays off with a new policy of no work meetings on any Friday and describing the days as unstructured time to complete existing work. The spokesperson added the alternating Fridays off was always meant to be temporary. PAX South, based in San Antonio, Texas, announced in a tweet the end of the event, stating, While each of our other events have flourished, some of them drawing hundreds of thousands of attendees from around the world, PAX South hasn't expanded and to some extent has remained the same show that it was when we opened it in 2015. Faced with that reality, and compounded by the impact of COVID-19, we have made the difficult decision to bring PAX South to an end for the foreseeable future. PAX held an in person event earlier this year, and the tabletop game focused PAX Unplugged is scheduled for December in Philadelphia, with masks and proof of vaccination required. Following up on some Activision Blizzard news, Jen O'Neill, who stepped up to co lead the company after the departure of J. Allen Brack, announced her departure, stepping down from leadership immediately and leaving the company completely before the end of the year. Blizzard announced a $1 million donation to Women in Games International a non-profit with O'Neill serving on the board. Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 have been delayed, possibly until 2023, based on comments during the investor presentation. The presentation states, While we are still planning to deliver a substantial amount of content from Blizzard next year, we are now planning for a later launch for Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 than originally envisaged. Previously, Overwatch 2 was expected sometime in 2022, though fans of the game will get a preview of some new game rules next spring, when Overwatch League runs an early build of a new mode. In an open letter to all staff, CEO Bobby Kotick announced a new company-wide zero-tolerance policy for harassment, made a dedication to increasing the percentage of women and non-binary people on staff, and waived the required arbitration of sexual harassment and discrimination claims, which the Activision Blizzard King Workers' Alliance Twitter account called a huge win. Kodik further announced his own pay cut down to the California minimum of $62,500 a year, with no bonuses or equity topping it up. And finally, Blizzard announced the cancellation of BlizzCon BlizzConline, originally scheduled for early 2022. In a news post on the website, the company states, At this time, we feel the energy it would take to put on a show like this is best directed towards supporting our teams and progressing development of our games and experiences. Whatever the event looks like in the future, we also need to ensure that it feels as safe, welcoming, and inclusive as possible. Microsoft's Xbox October update was all about the new accessibility features. In a special accessibility showcase, Microsoft demoed new accessibility feature tags for the Microsoft Store, so players with disabilities can check the playability of any game they are interested in before purchasing. The list of tags currently includes 20 features, like narrated game menus, input remapping, and single-stick gameplay, with more expected in the future based on player feedback. Though the tags will start with the Microsoft Store, in the coming months they'll roll out to Xbox.com, the PC Xbox app, and Xbox Game Pass. Also coming to Xbox will be a quick settings menu, allowing players to toggle accessibility features without needing to back out of a game. Global color filters on Xbox Series S and X for colorblind gamers to adjust how colors are displayed across games, apps, and menus. And improved night mode with adjustable filters, including a blue light filter, and ways to turn the brightness way, way, way down, including on controllers and the unit itself. And Microsoft and Sega announced a strategic alliance aimed at exploring ways for Sega to produce large-scale global games in a next-generation development environment which is a real fancy way of saying Sega is investing in studying Microsoft's Azure platform to produce something cool in the future. Possibly not the near future as an investor invent back in May noted results are expected sometime during fiscal 2026. 2026 feels like several lifetimes away, especially in gaming terms, as streaming games are just starting to hit the mainstream. Microsoft's Sarah Bond says, Together we will reimagine how games get built, hosted, and operated – with the goal of adding more value to players and Sega alike. Sony has made good on their announcement from March, ending PlayStation Store support on the PlayStation 3 and PlayStation Vita. The March announcement was met with such immediate pushback that Sony backtracked and delayed any change until now. Now, in order to purchase content for those systems, you'll have to ensure your PlayStation wallet is loaded on the web or a current console, as you will not be able to do so with a credit card or anything on a PS3 or Vita. The ability to download your existing games remains. Sony's October State of Play didn't have any details on major upcoming titles like Horizon Forbidden West or God of War Ragnarok, and was mostly focused on trailers for third-party titles. Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach is coming in mid-December, Starros and the Divine Force in 2022, and launch title Snacks is getting a free update called The Isle of Big Snacks in early 2022. KartRider Drift, also set for 2022, is currently accepting sign-ups for their closed beta December 8th to 15th. You'll need an Nexon account and can sign up to participate on console and PC. If you're not already familiar with the KartRider series, it's kind of quietly massive, with Nexon reporting 380 million worldwide registered users on PC in May 2020. Sony also announced an open beta for King of Fighters 15 starting November 19th. The test includes both PS4s and PS5s, with crossplay enabled. It'll include eight different characters, two online modes, and two offline modes. Casual matches and room matches are online, while training and local verses are offline. I'm a huge King of Fighters fan, despite being useless at it, so I'm extra grateful training mode is included, so I can pretend to practice before getting my face kicked in online. Hopefully I'll see you there. Nintendo held two special events last month. The first revealed the final addition to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate's roster, breaking the hearts of everyone hoping for Geno from the SNES Super Mario RPG, the final fighter was revealed to be Sora from Kingdom Hearts, with his handy Keyblade. The second event was dedicated to Animal Crossing New Horizons, surprising fans with a free content update for November 5th, as well as new paid DLC. If you're an Animal Crossing fan, you probably know way more about the importance of these updates than I do, so here's the really short summary for everyone else. The free update is shockingly massive, with the return of many fan-favorite characters, the ability to expand Harv's Island with a marketplace, cooking is now a thing, as is the necessary farming for ingredients, and Cap'n can take you to new islands to visit and ransack for resources. More haircuts, more reaction, more customizing options, more KK Slider songs, more storage expansions. It really goes on and on. Then there's the paid DLC, which you can purchase independently for $24.99 or have access to as part of the higher tier of Nintendo Switch Online, which I'll cover more about shortly. The paid DLC is called Happy Home Paradise. You'll be teaming up with Lottie from the previous Happy Home designer and Pocket Camp games, designed vacation homes for animals, and are given tons of new tools to do so. Describing those alone would take 15 minutes, so I'ma hit the brakes there. As for the new tier of Nintendo Switch Online, it's $34.99 a year individually, or $79.99 for the family membership, and cannot be purchased monthly, only the year-long block. It includes access to 23 and counting Sega Genesis and Nintendo 64 titles, as well as access to the Animal Crossing paid DLC. So, yay, it's out! Boo, it's not going particularly great, so far! Turns out there's a bunch of odd decisions and omissions in this new tier. One of the two biggest head-scratchers involves Mario Kart 64. You'll get a warning that the game will not let you save any ghost data, a recording of yourself running the track you can race against, a feature facilitated in the original through the N64 controller pack, which was sold separately back then because of course it was. The new sold-out updated wireless N64 controllers do not include a controller pack slot, though do feature built-in rumble. Nintendo has, so far, not added the ability for players to save cart ghost data locally. The other major odd decision is the North American and European versions of Super Mario 64 do not include Rumble, but the Japanese version does, because the Japanese version of Mario 64 is the Shindo Pack Edition, a 1997 re-release of the 1996 original that added in Rumble support. North American and European gamers can access this edition if you create a Japanese profile on your Switch. Note that the game will then be in Japanese, which is important in case you want to read the story or don't quite remember the order of all the menu options. If you bought the limited time window version of Super Mario 3D All-Stars, which disappeared from stores at the end of March 2020 as part of Mario's 35th anniversary, that currently remains the best way to play Super Mario 64 on the Switch, and does include rumble. There are also many reports of input lag and the lack of controller configuration options impacting enjoyment, especially for those familiar with the original. But it is possible Nintendo may correct the errors in a future patch. As a recent-ish example, Mario 3D All-Stars received a patch in November 2020, adding the ability to invert camera controls, critical for weirdos like me who are too old to adjust to doing it the other way, and also adding in the ability to play Mario Sunshine with a GameCube controller while docked, provided you own a controller adapter. Here's hoping Nintendo will subsequently improve the online titles for this higher-priced tier, and do better out of the gate for future editions. For your quick upcoming games look, Forza Horizon 5 hits November 9th for PC and Xboxes. The Final Fantasy V Pixel Remaster is on November 10th, only on PC. Grand Theft Auto the Trilogy, the Definitive Edition, lands November 11th on absolutely everything. In case you don't already own three or more copies of Skyrim, On November 11th, you can get the Special Edition for PC, Playstations, and Xboxes. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic comes to the Switch also on November 11th. November 18th brings Microsoft Flight Simulator Game of the Year Edition to PC and Xboxes, as well as the Reno Air Races Expansion Pack and Full Collection. Battlefield 2042 is available on everything but the Switch on November 19th, the same day as Pokemon Brilliant Diamond or Shining Pearl drops on the Switch. Finally, the Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker expansion goes live November 23rd on PC, PS4, and PS5. And if you have any kind of gaming questions, be they PC, console, mobile, or even vaporware, feel free to ping me on Twitter or Instagram. Both are at Jen Cutter. That's Jen with two N's. Or you can email me over at Jen at JenCutter.com. Have fun out there, and I look forward to bringing you another gaming news catch-up next month. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all.